Everybody, we have news. November of 2024, we are going to Cape Cod, Massachusetts to treat folklore and evermore by Taylor Swift as sacred. I'm so excited to lead this pilgrimage. These albums are such a different space for Taylor, where instead of being about litigating a tabloid narrative that's been created around her and her life and asserting her own perspective, this was about her reinterpreting her own feelings and experiences through fictional lenses. And so we get to meet all of these characters, and some of them are like con men who fall in love with other con people. And others are like depressed middle-aged people who are like, if this is the best I can do, (laughs) work with me here. And I am so excited to sort of talk about the kind of art that you get to create when you have privacy and you're free from scrutiny and self-examination. I'm so excited to explore all of that at the beautiful auto camp where everybody is going to have a private 1950s Airstream that's been converted into like a luxury hotel room complete with your own bathroom. It's just like the best glamping situation you could possibly imagine. Which I've just wanted to glamp my whole life. I'm so excited. Everybody, this is going to be November 8th through 11th in Cape Cod, Massachusetts. You can find out more by going to readingandwalkingwith.com. So Lacey, can you please remind us what question you came on Should I Quit with? I came to you all with the question of should I quit teaching? I had had a rough year and just a couple of years post-pandemic and was trying to reevaluate whether or not I still wanted to stay in teaching. And you just had a baby. Well, you had a one-year-old. Yes, she is uh, just a fiery little young person now. (laughs) Okay, so what's going on? We ended that call with you saying you were going to quit teaching. Yeah, it was a trip. I really did not anticipate so many people I know listening to that podcast. It it got out there quickly, which I was not, I don't know, it just was so personal. And I, I didn't, I don't know that those were things I would have talked to everybody about, but I was really glad I did because so many people came to me being like, I feel the same way. And it was people that I never would have guessed. So it felt very, I don't know, it confirmed a lot of my thinking And also made me realize that so many of the things that I was worried about are also just systemic issues for a lot of people in public education. We also got a lot of emails from teachers being like, this is how I feel. 
Yeah, which I don't know if that made me feel better or worse. <laughs> There's so many people feeling the same way. Yeah, the guy that I mentioned, my coworker, who uh, I had talked about if I could just be more like him, did listen and came and talked to me about it. <laughs> and I was ah! so, so embarrassed. Oh and my was gosh. he like, and here's how you don't care. No, it was actually, it was a good check for me because I was like, I'm so sorry. I did not mean to imply that you don't do your job. And he was like, no, no, no. I get what you're saying. But he was like, yeah, I don't want to do this either. Like, I'm also burnt out. If I could financially not do this, I would. And so it was also a really good reality check for me that, like, my perception of other people and how they're balancing work and life and all of this is through my own lens. And so, yeah, it was it was humbling. (laughs) But I think more than anything, once I said it and put it out there, it allowed me to free up my brain to actually make choices around it in a way that I wasn't anticipating. I think just putting it all in words and seeing the responses of like, oh, this is not just me. These are larger things. These are larger systemic issues that everybody's trying to grapple with made it feel less of a like, is this about me and my ability to teach, which was good. And where are you in your teaching journey these (laughs) days? Well, after we spoke, I started looking at other options and I took it in a very teacher-y methodical way where I like reached out to people I know who left teaching and scheduled Zoom meetings with them. I would expect nothing less. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Yeah, I like talked to a few folks who left teaching and went to go work in the private sector or for different companies doing like instructional design pieces. I talked with some people who went into tech. I talked to some people who fully were just like, I'm out and now I work retail or like I work at Costco and it's fine. <laughs> And I think it was a really good process for me because I was able to narrow down pretty quickly that I do want to stay in some type of public service role. And once I started putting it out there of like, I'm looking for a different position, I started applying for some random jobs that came up in our district. And that felt very freeing. And it also let my district know that I was interested in leaving the classroom and like letting my site admin know and my principal know that I was going to consider leaving was really hard And life went on and it was fine. So then in the spring, a position opened up as a librarian, which I was like, maybe that's the ticket. And in talking with people who stayed in public education until retirement or close to it, the librarian seemed to be this like magic spot where you still get to work with students. You still get to think about systems and support at a school wide level, but it's not the daily grind and you can create a lot more boundaries for yourself because there is more autonomy. But there's like six librarians in our whole district. We are one of the few districts in California that has full-time librarians. So I was like, there's no way. And then HR actually called me and was like, hey, we have an opening for a 50% librarian. Would you be interested? And I was like, yes, absolutely. And then immediately was like, I don't know if I can afford 50%. Like, what have I signed on for? But just taking that step allowed me to then actually apply to and get into a credential program for a librarianship. I started doing contract work on the side as a mentor for new teachers through our county program, which was awesome. And in all of that, I did that for like the first two months of school. And then this librarian job opened up to full time. And so that's where I'm at now. (gasps) (laughs) I'm so happy for you. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. One of the things that I really remember about our last conversation was just like how into resource 
offerings you were. You really liked offering your students the exact things that they need. And that seems like too difficult to do while also trying to be a teacher, but absolutely part of the work of being a librarian. And so hopefully it won't feel as much like two jobs, but you still get to do this thing that you're passionate about. That is very much, I came home after the first like couple of weeks and told my husband, I was like, all I do all day is help people and I love it. (laughs) I get to be available to like whatever needs to be done, whether it's like teachers needing help for class coverage, kids needing access to things, connecting families with like Chromebooks and Wi-Fi access. Like I love that element of it. And I am not consistently overwhelmed in a way in my personal life. Like I can actually show up for my kid and started like going and working out again. And I'm like, oh my God. What? (laughs) Yeah. I like did a 530 workout class this morning before coming to the library. And to think of exactly a year ago where I was at, like, no, I was barely pulling myself out of bed. It's, it's a very oh. different thing. And I, I, I don't know what will happen in the future. I might end up back in the classroom sure. next year. But just yeah. having the space to step away and be like, oh, this is what it feels like to still do something I love, but to have boundaries around it has been really, really, really good for me. I don't have anything else to say, dude. I'm just so proud of you. And I'm so happy for you. <laughs> and I think you're so brave and cool. Well, thank you. I owe it all to you all because there is no way in hell I would have done this if I hadn't gone and talked with you all. I would still be like miserable and uh, just sitting at a desk wondering how I'm going to get everything done. So thank you guys. (laughs) Thank you all. Thank you. Thanks for like being out there and helping people all day who need it. This was a special episode of Should I Quit? We'll talk to you tomorrow. Hi, listeners. This is Naomi Westwater. You may know me from my previous classes at Not Sorry. I'm dropping into your feed today to let you know about an upcoming course I'm running starting March 17th called Creating Daily Ritual, Tarot as a Sacred Practice. In this course, I will teach you about the history and meaning of the cards in the Rider-Waite-Smith Tarot deck and model how they can be used as a tool for self-reflection and creativity. Through lecture, discussion with your classmates, and solo journaling, I will aim to help you develop your individual connection with tarot, this ancient tool for meaning-making. If you're looking to elevate your daily ritual, please join me starting Sunday evening, March 17th, for six weeks of habit-building, learning, and community. Head to notsorryworks.com for more information. And be sure to check out our sliding scale pricing and scholarships listed on the website. That's notsorryworks.com.